This is the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose, where I strategize with business owners on how to grow and scale their businesses to hit their income goals. This is episode 194 of the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose. Today, I am speaking with Stacy Tushel, and we're going to be talking about how to increase foot traffic online. Stacy is an expert at this. She not only has a brick and mortar business that she has been able to do this with, but also an online business. And you're going to hear me ask for a very specific example so that we can really talk about how we can continue to get people in the door onto our sites and then also get revenue from it. So you're going to want to make sure that you take notes during this episode. All right, let's dive in, you guys. Hi, Stacey. How are you? Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Jenny. Thanks for having me here. Of course. I am so excited to get to dive in with you. I've been a longtime listener to your podcast, so I'm so excited to have you on. Can you start off, though, by introducing yourself? Tell us a little bit about yourself and your business. Yeah, definitely. So um, I have been an entrepreneur now for 18 years, and I have two performing arts academies here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And um, I, I I always say, like, I'm an, I'm an accidental entrepreneur, I think, but at the same time, it was totally meant to be in my wheelhouse. Um, I started a dance, I don't know, like maybe a competitive dance team, I would say 17 kids in my parents' backyard, snowballed to 100 kids within three years. Thankfully, I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. So my family said, I think you have a business here. Like, I think this could be something. So it gave me the confidence to start my studios. um, And I incorporated about 15 years ago. And then maybe about five years ago or so, I started to teach people what I was doing, how I grew such a large business. Um, I don't work in my studios. I just work on it from home and not even that often anymore because it's such a large, like we have about 50 employees. So there's a lot of people helping me do a lot of things. Um, And people were just like, tell me everything. How did you do this? How did you scale? How did you pull yourself out and still get to be a mom and, you know, wife and family and all of that good stuff. So it's been, it's been a roller coaster, but so grateful for everything. I actually have to be honest. I found your podcast from listening to another interview. I can't remember whose podcast I was listening to, but I was in the middle of listening to it and I texted my daughter's dance teacher and I was like, you need to listen to what she has done. It makes so much sense for what you're trying to do. Just listen to what she's saying. Uh, I appreciate that. Yes. No, they were so grateful too. And especially now after what we've dealt with with COVID. Oh yeah. So virtual. I brick and mortar. It's just been insanity, I'm yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, nothing like I've ever experienced. And I, I had been preparing for a recession. I knew it was coming. I'm following all these people that are just saying like, it's cyclical. Like this is historical. It's going to happen. So I'm like, planning for a repeat of 2008, but I heard it's going to be way worse than 2008. I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to be even more prepared. And then it hit and I was like, whoa, this is nothing. This isn't even the same thing as 2008. It's not even close. So yeah, it definitely threw us for a curveball for sure. Yes. No, I, it was so hard. I can't even, I just thinking about my own daughter and having to do the virtual lessons and them trying yeah. to organize it and not understanding. I mean, at least you understand the equipment and things like that. And the dance yeah. studio just did not, but yeah. So 
we were, we're going to talk about foot traffic online. Will you define what you consider foot traffic to be? Yeah, for sure. So foot traffic is just like customers coming in the door, right? So online is just the same thing. They're not the door. It's a, it's, it's a physical or virtual door. Yes. But it might be people showing up at your webinar, butts in seats at events, right? So foot traffic is really just like, how much traffic are we getting from that customer flow um, and all of that? Okay. So we talked about that you've grown an in-person dance studio, obviously, as well as the online business. What strategies do you feel like translated from the in-person business to the online business as far as that yeah. foot traffic that we're talking about? Yeah. So honestly, I, I, um, I don't even know how to say this because there are like not very many differences. Growing my dance studio and growing my online business, I came into it just like many people thinking like, oh, they're totally different. They have nothing to do with each other. You're going to have to learn how to do this from scratch. And the longer I do it, the more I'm like, if I just would have went to my roots from the beginning, I knew exactly how to do this. So I always tell people business is business. It doesn't matter if you sell physical products, if you're in an MLM, if you have a digital you know, course, it doesn't matter. If you have a customer who wants something and you have the solution, we're all doing the same marketing. I mean, right? That's a lot of what I teach is marketing systems. Marketing is marketing, right? It's we're all doing the same thing. And it's, you know, back in the day when we used to run like yellow page ads, if you can remember the yellow pages, right? Um, it's the same thing. Like that yellow page ad is now the thing you see on Facebook. You know, it's, it's your Facebook ad. So uh, the postcard I used to get snail mail that would be sent to me to advertise is now just a Facebook ad in front of me, an Instagram ad in front of me. It's really not different. Just the methods or the method isn't changing, but like the, the platform, the tool they're using is, is evolving. That's all. Yes. No, absolutely. I think that I find that so interesting. And I have found that with clients. One of my favorite clients to talk about is right through COVID. She's a real estate agent and she was still selling $500,000 homes from Instagram. That was how they were finding her and closing deals. It was insane. But it is. It's because like you said, marketing is marketing. So for now, the digital age, what do you rely on in order to increase that foot traffic online? Is there a particular platform that you kind of lean towards? Yeah. And so for both of my businesses, foot traffic and my academies, um, my funnel, my marketing funnel looks like Facebook and Instagram ad to a landing page that's going to get them into a freebie of some sort, right? The dance studio runs for a free, your first dance lesson free, right? So that's what they're running. And then in my online business, I probably have like a PDF, a checklist, a five-day workshop. I've got lots of freebies over here, but I'm still running freebies, right? And then after that freebie, I'm immediately offering them something. The biggest difference from online to brick and mortar is um, brick and mortar can go faster, right? There's a little bit more trust if they're local, you've heard about them because your neighbor goes there or something, right? You're, You're kind of warmed up. Online, it can take a little bit longer. So there are some differences that way. Um, and price points, I would say are very different online. If people knew what we charged brick and mortars are like, what you can make how much money, you know, selling this digital, like this, it's just crazy to them. Right. So I would say price points are a little bit different and the speed of the transaction is probably a little bit different. Um, but it's the same process. We still have to get them in, warm up those leads. And then it's a matter of how fast those leads turn into sales. 
Can I ask you a question? I know this wasn't scripted yeah. in the questions. That oh, I I, you can ask me anything. I'm, I'm good. thinking because of the dance studio. So my cousin yeah. is a New York City ballerina, dances at Lincoln Center. And of course, with COVID, everything yeah. has been shut down. So she's trying to grow a digital side of a course or memberships where she can do lessons virtually without having mm-hmm. to have that in person. What yeah. would be a free first step for something like that? Do you feel? Yeah. So who is she trying to target? Who is she, who's her a dream client? It's those moms with little girls that can afford to pay for lessons that aren't able to necessarily go into a studio like New York City or big city yeah. areas. Yeah. So, okay. So first, what I know, just because this is my niche, is I know that little kids don't even bother. Like, they're not doing it. Five, six and under, nope, you can't sell it. They just won't do it. They might pay for it because they feel bad, but they're not doing it. So you've got to go to an age where that kid can actually do it on their own. And then knowing even more of that dream client, it's got to be somebody who actually wants it, right? The thing you have to ask um, anybody listening is what makes me different? You and a thousand other people are trying to turn everything virtual right now. And now you don't just have the six competitors in your local area. You've got the 10,000 people selling the same product online. So the biggest thing is like, why would I pay for her classes over my local studio, other people competing with her online? So I always tell people you must do a SWOT analysis. So you want to do it that stands for strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats. So if I was talking to her, I would say, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? You know, what are your opportunities? What are your threats? Then I would go, let's pick your five competitors. What are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? Like, how do we fill the gap of something different? Because that's the problem is everybody's just like, let's transition online. And it's like, You're all transitioning. You're all competing. You're going into a red ocean, which just means saturated, right? We need you back in a blue ocean where it's really different. So when you're saying like New York City dancer, right? Like when I heard that, I was like, okay, that's different, right? Then Milwaukee, Wisconsin, (laughs) little different, little different, Um, like using what she, who she is, what she's been doing and really spinning it to like dance with a professional from New York City, right? That's where I would be spinning it a little bit differently. Okay. That's so helpful. For the serious dancer. Yes, exactly. And I'm glad that you said that part about the five to six year old, because you're absolutely right. That's my (laughs) daughter is just turned seven. And it was, it was a nightmare. I was pulling teeth to get her in front of that screen to do that dance class every day, uh, every other day. So so helpful. Thank you. So, So knowing something like that, and this again, just take this for what it is and, and how could I mimic this in my business, but knowing like, wow, my, my dream client has changed. I used to target the three to six-year-olds. Now I'm like, who knows what next year is going to look like. All of my ads, what are they showing? They're showing second through fifth grade, fifth through eighth grade. Like those are our two next categories. I removed the three-year-old. I don't want her on that image. I don't want to be attracting three-year-olds because I know it's going to be difficult, right? So I'm trying to attract the... Per- like my dream client has now changed for this school year. So smart. I love that. All right. So if... We're talking about that online piece. What are the biggest mistakes you've made when trying to grow your business? Hmm. I know. Um, it's like a mean, question. I know. I'm like, where do I go from here? Online marketing, you're saying. Like, where, where were my stakes that way? Okay. Yeah. So I know we're not really using video. I have this thing behind me, which I forgot was behind me until I saw my camera. Um, but I, I basically teach this formula. And in Foot Traffic Formula, there are three main pillars. So, and you don't have to see the image to get it. Traffic, 
touch transaction. So I kind of just explained, you know, traffic is maybe the Facebook ad or an organic, meaning just you post it on Instagram, right? Like the realtor. And then the touch piece is how do we capture their emails, their names? Because people forget, they're not just going to like see you and buy. So I need to make sure that as I'm capturing your attention on Instagram and Facebook or wherever, that I've still got a way to re like talk to you. Okay. Re-engage with you. So I need the touch piece because I want to keep communicating. And that might look like emails and text messages or whatever that is. And then it leads to transaction. So those three pieces go hand in hand. The reason I teach this formula is because I learned all those pieces separately and I was like killing it in each section, but they weren't together. So they didn't flow. Right. We're building a pipeline and we need to fill that pipeline, but we need it to like the water has to run through the pipe. And unfortunately, we're like putting these pieces together after like the one free webinar. And then we watched, we listened to this one podcast and you like, you don't have the full picture. So when I realized like I'm doing well and I'm listening to the gurus, but then I realized I wasn't actually filling the funnel completely. That's where I was seeing a disconnect. So for instance, I was coaching somebody today and she's like my lead generation funnel, meaning she's giving out like a freebie and somebody's giving her the name and email. She's like, it's killing it. Like it's doing so well. No one is buying. Right. Okay, great. Well, you killed how to do the lead gen funnel, but you aren't converting. And that's actually what you wanted. So if you don't have like your Facebook ad leading to a funnel, that's going to get that email and they're going to buy it. Then you've just wasted your time. Right. Um, Another big one is starting traffic. Like traffic is such a buzzword. Everybody wants traffic, right? Drive traffic. I know if I say the words drive traffic in an ad, it's going to just do really well because that's what people want. They want more Instagram followers and all of that. And then unfortunately, we think we need traffic. So we spend all this time building traffic and then we don't have a place to capture their name and email or even a product to sell them. So I sat for a long time thinking, oh, I'm not ready to sell. Uh, People don't even know me. How would they buy from me? Well, today, people buy from me the day they hear me, right? I might jump on a podcast or a live video or something. And they're like, oh, wow, this was really good. And then they'll go check me out and they'll find something and they'll buy. So a couple of years ago, probably five years ago when I was first getting started and I was just giving content and giving content, I was probably disappointing some people who were like, oh, this is good and then couldn't find anything. So they went someplace else, right? So I want you to have something for sale before you start spending all this time driving traffic. Because I I would say that's probably the biggest mistake I see. I'm like, who here is posting on Instagram every day? And everybody's like, me, 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 like thinking like, oh, I'm going to get an award for this. I'm like, who here has a funnel? And they're like, no, what? What's a funnel? What's a lead magnet? No, I don't have that. I'm like, so you're not selling? You know, or or they're they're trying to sell, but not nothing's working because they're not warming anybody up. They're just like buy my stuff, buy my stuff, right? Yes, and not I effective. think a lot of my audience listening too, they are so used to the, the whole idea of this passive income, and they want to make their generate their money via ads. And we've yeah. been slowly but surely trying to transition and force people off the cliff to get products in place for that exact reason, because yeah. we now see taking hits right now with ad revenue, of course, because of RPMs being so low from COVID, and you can't rely. You get that traffic, then they're gone if you don't have a way to capture them and keep them there to be able to be warmed up. So I love that. That was such a great example. Um, Can I say one thing? Oh, please. Of course. I have a friend who is like, oh, I have about 500,000 Facebook followers. I was like, wow, like 
that's impressive, right? And he he's like, yeah, I think like 1,400 people see my post. <laughs> like, oh. just imagine 500,000 fans and oh, only yeah. 1,400 people are seeing his stuff. Yes. Why are you even wasting your time? You know, yep. at least if those 1,400 people see it, you better have had a funnel getting them to that end mark or you've really wasted your time and energy. A hundred percent. And a lot of my listeners are shaking their head going, yes, that's exactly what I'm dealing with. Because Facebook mm-hmm. five, six, seven years ago, when a lot of the bloggers started was you could post something and immediately people were going to have traffic coming through. Yes. But things got saturated. Times have changed. Yeah. Algorithms have changed. And you do, you have to have a way to keep coming back. I've been pushing people, pushing, pushing. I get aggressive with it sometimes, but they do <laughs> need to yeah. have that freebie in place in order to keep them coming. Even if you are going to, for right now, rely on ads, at least with that list, you can drive traffic that way to be making money off of ads, affiliates, whatever yeah. else. Well, and here's the thing. When you have the transaction piece in place, you can keep spending money on ads because you're generating it. So we were selling uh, like a $97 boot camp last month and we were spending less than we were making. Oh, wait, hang on. Spending less. Yes. I was like, wait, is that the right math? Yes. We, we spent about a thousand, but we made 5,000 in this right. short time period of selling it. So yeah. my, my ads girl was like, well, what's the budget? I was like, keep going. Like, I'm not trying to make money off the boot camp. I'm just trying to get as many leads as I can. And right now you're not even close to break even. You're so profitable. Just keep throwing money back at the ads. So that's where you can start. Like you don't have to complain when the algorithm changes. You're just like, bummer. It went up a couple dollars, but we're making so much money. Like we're still profiting, right? That's the position you want to be in. You know, especially like we're coming up here as we're recording this, like we've got a holiday, we've got um, like with Labor Day weekend, then you've got the election. Like these things will affect your Facebook ad spend for sure. So, I mean, COVID in general has been affecting us. So there's a lot of things that could get in your way and you've got to be proactive and have that transaction piece in place to make the money on the back end. No, absolutely. So I know that you obviously are multiple businesses. You're also a mom. You have two little ones. Is that right? Yeah, okay. I have a almost five and then seven-year-old. Okay, perfect. So there's so many things that as women we're trying to focus on right now. Um, mm-hmm. Where do you feel like we should be focusing first? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it's like I can talk to so many different types of people because it depends. Are you somebody that the kids didn't go back to school? You know, are they home with you right now? Did you think they were going to school? And then two weeks later, they showed back up. <laughs> got kicked out. Like you're all in a different place. So all I can say is, you know, you don't know, we don't know when this is going to end or what this is going to look like or anything. Um, and yes, you might have the kids at home, but then you have to figure out a schedule. Like I am such a schedule and routines person. If you could just map out, like, what is our day going to look like? And when is mom going to have time to do what she needs to do? Does that mean you have to wake up earlier? Yeah. I mean, even this morning, I'm already starting to feel the effect of like what is coming and, and I just want to get ahead of it. So I woke up an hour earlier. Like, did I want to, was I tired? Yes, of course. But at the same time, I know I'm going to have to make some sacrifices in this season with it just being such a different ball game. So I would say, figure out the schedule. And then you also have to understand too, are you somebody that's really, um, I don't know, maybe concerned with COVID where you're not, you're completely quarantined. You're not seeing anybody. You're not letting anybody watch your kids. So yeah, there is going to be some added stress and you're going to have to be okay with pulling some things off of your plate, right? You're just going to have to be okay with it and just keep telling yourself like this is temporary, right? Like take for what it's worth. 
get like be grateful for the opportunity of spending extra time with your family, right? Be right. grateful for the things you can do, but then know that you don't have to just give up on your business because your kids are at home, right? If you're homeschooling, um, this kid, the kids aren't homeschooling from nine to three, right? They're, they're usually doing a certain section. So great. Give them some free time. Maybe let them be on the screens for a tiny bit of time while you jump in your office and get things done. So it's just all about like coming up with a consistent schedule. Um, I already was like Googling um, like chore charts and uh, morning routine checklists. And because even if they're home, I want to make sure that they're still kind of getting a schedule so that it's not this free for all and no one's getting anything done. Yes. No, I think prioritizing is the word that I keep using is you just need to decide what you're going to prioritize uh, within your business. Those projects, those little tasks that maybe you're wasting too much time on, they need to go to the side. And if you do have the income to be able to revenue coming in to be able to hire maybe for some of those things that you can hand off. Right. Well, and to think about it, I know this is going to sound bad, but then kind of (laughs) good is most of the things you're doing are probably not effective anyway. Like think about it. Most of the things you're spending your time on if I like look, gave, gave it a once over and gave you a little report card, you might realize I could get rid of half of the stuff I'm doing and not even see a, di- a difference in your business. So you've got to start to be really selective. I'm like, well, what is actually working? Like if you only gave me an hour a day to work on my business from now on the next couple of months, oh, I figured out and I would be very productive in that one hour and I would only work on the necessities. I agree 100%. Stacey, where are the best places to connect with you? So I have a podcast called Foot Traffic. So feel free to check us out there. Um, I think we have like 450 episodes. So tons of good stuff over there. I love Instagram. So feel free to connect with me. DM me on Instagram at Stacey Tushel. Um, But definitely, I would say those are my two favorite places. Perfect. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me and share your knowledge with my audience. I appreciate it so much. Yeah, absolutely. Jenny, thanks so much for having me. Of course. All right. Well, there you have it. Please tell me that example wasn't amazing that she gave for the cousin that I talked about that is a New York City ballerina and the importance of really thinking about what is happening in the world when it comes to your marketing. What are you going to be able to get them excited about that sets you apart and makes you different so that people do want to buy your products and services that you offer? I hope you really were able to take away from this episode that it's important that we as influencers and business owners don't just rely on the traditional form of monetizing ads, sponsored content, and also affiliate marketing, but start to think about your own products and services. What would that look like? You're building this audience for that purpose. They're coming to you because they see you as the expert. So continue to do those things. Continue to put it out there so that people know what they can expect to get from you. As always, I appreciate you guys so much for leaving rating and review on your favorite podcasting listening app. It gives me an opportunity to have amazing guests like Stacy who come on to the show. I also appreciate it when you put up a screenshot on your Instagram stories that you're listening to the podcast. You can tag me at Jenny underscore Melrose. And I always love to know what your biggest takeaway is. All right, guys, until next time, I will see you all then. Mm-hmm.